Welcome to the Sherwood Oaks podcast. Uh, my name is Sean, and each week this summer, we are bringing you interviews with people about what it means uh, to put our faith into action. As a church, we value life-changing faith stories and telling those stories uh, because we believe that they inspire us to live out our own faith in everyday life. Uh, this is our seventh episode, and this week I am grateful for the chance to sit down with someone whose faith um, has really encouraged and helped my own faith grow. So Erica Barnhill, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm yeah. super excited to be here. Yeah, I'm always, uh, I'm always grateful when I reach out to somebody and say, hey, I've got a weird question for you, <laughs> and, and then they say yes. And so thank you for saying yes yeah. to, to being on the show. Yeah, glad to be us. here. So why don't you start just by sharing a little bit about yourself? Uh, and your family. Yeah. So as Sean said, I'm Erica Barnhill, and I've actually been going to Sherwood Oaks for, golly, we've been here about 27 years, I think. Wow. So, um, yeah. So I'm married to Jeff. We'll be married 25 years in August. Uh, We're going to take a trip. Super excited. Good for you guys. And we have four kids, uh, ages 21 down to 17. I've been a homeschool mom for 18 years. I'll be wrapping that journey up in December when our last one graduates. Wow. Uh, I do um, health coaching and mental health coaching and functional nutrition counseling, as well as massage therapy part-time. Okay. And I love that. Um, so that's a little bit about me. Yeah. So you, uh, you stay pretty busy. Yes, in life I would say very busy. Work and mm-hmm. kids and school and yeah. <laughs> all of that. Yeah. yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about your faith journey. Uh, like, when did you start following Jesus? Maybe what's an early faith memory that you have? Some influential people along your your path. Okay. Uh, just share a little bit about your faith with us. Yeah. So I was raised in the church. Uh, had a very devout, uh, faithful grandma mm-hmm. uh, who was just a powerhouse for the faith. Man, God bless grandmas. Yes. <laughs> my grandma Green yes. was very influential in my own faith as well. Absolutely. And I just, I have realized that, to be honest, I'm probably here because she prayed faithfully for me. Mm. I took a, I a little bit of a journey off the path when I was in uh, college. And uh, I'm sure it was her prayers that, that drew me back. God mm. was faithful to continue to pursue me. Uh, so she would be very, one of the probably most influential. Yeah. And um, one of my earliest probably faith memories was when I was uh, probably in elementary school. I remember uh, having to memorize the books of the Bible. Oh, And yeah. we would sing songs and you earned like badges and all those things. And so that was pretty cool. But yeah. those, that's probably one of my biggest ones. So I've, I would say that I followed Jesus for the most part of my life until okay. I derailed a little bit in college, which yeah. is probably why I have such a heart for college people. I think mm. it's such a time in your life that is like you're trying to figure out who you are. And yeah. so, and then I came back to the faith and 10 years ago, uh, God met me in a new place that mm. I didn't really know was possible. And so mm. I would say that I have really, really followed Jesus uh, hardcore for the last 10 years. <laughs> so let's let's dive into the deep end here. Yeah. Because <laughs> sure. 10 years ago, like you said, there was something that happened in your life that yeah. uh, kind of wrecked you uh, yeah. and, and your faith. Yeah. And so share a little bit about what happened during that season. Yeah. So it was March of 2013. Uh, I... I wasn't doing well up until that point. Life was busy with four small kids, homeschooling, Hmm. being a mom, maintaining a home, you know, all the things. I had a lot of trauma in my childhood, Hmm. um, which really brought 
probably a lot of things. So it was like a culmination of things 10 years ago that came trickling yeah. down. Can, so. I, can I ask you one question? You, yeah. you said I wasn't doing well as a mom of four kids. Yeah. Can you, can you break that down a little bit about <laughs> what that meant, if you don't mind? Yeah, so I would say because I'd never really dealt with, I mean, I had started to deal with a lot of my trauma and baggage when I was 27. Our second child was six months old. Mm. But there, I was still working through a lot of it and hadn't fully dealt with all of it. Yeah. And so out of fear, I would be angry. I would. Mm. Um, I was kind of OCD in my housekeeping. Everything mm. had to have its place. I was methodical about so many things for the simple fact that I needed control. Wow. So it was kind of making everybody in my family crazy. Because you hadn't dealt with some of those things in your past that Mm -hmm. maybe felt out of control. You wanted to hyper control everything in your, in your current surroundings. Yeah. Yeah. So you're in that place Mm -hmm. where some past trauma is influencing and informing your current behavior. Yeah. And then what happened? Yeah. So our oldest was 12 at the time and our youngest would have been almost seven and we had actually taken a trip to Great Wolf Lodge as a family. Uh, we met some old friends who we had met in early marrieds here at Sherwood Oaks. Okay. Um, and I was on one of the rides way up on like the top level. And um, my heart started doing really weird things. Not to mention mm. I had had a cardiac ablation a couple of years prior. Mm. So I just assumed it was my heart. Um, but they threw me in an inner tube with two of my kids because Jeff had the other two on a different ride and sent me down to the bottom and an ambulance met me there. Wow. Uh, I did have a nurse jump out of line and she thought I was in AFib and was thinking I could stroke out wow. at any time. So yeah. um, that was pretty traumatic mm. in that moment, but it mm-hmm. wasn't there that I figured out what was going on. It was actually a couple months later. So in those few months, I was still trying to function, which was not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I found out that I was having adrenal dysfunction in a, mm. a big way. And uh, I had three doctors who I really trusted who had put me on antidepressants. And that was not a good choice for me. But mm. I did it because you just, I didn't You had know. no idea what was going on. Yeah, but first, uh, the first dose, which is the half of the lowest dose of this particular med you could take, I wound up in the ER uh, wow. six hours later. I still look back and think, it was God's way to really get like, not that God caused it. I don't mean that in any way, but he allowed me to go through this valley to see him in a new way because that's when my faith, it was like the rubber meets the road. Yeah. And I've, I've heard you share before in other settings, um, that, I mean, there were times where you found yourself just on the floor in pain, crying out to the Lord. Yeah. Yeah, I um, actually, I spent about a year in bed or in my living room floor, let's put it that way, because yeah. to be honest, Jeff had to go to work the next day. Mm. Somebody had to care for the kids. So mm-hmm. the kids would bring their books to me in the floor, and I still tried to homeschool them the best I could. Thank God we were mm. almost to summer. Mm. So I had the summer to rest. Uh, but I spent a lot of hours in the floor, and there was a specific time where God really met me. Um Sorry, it chokes me up still to this mm. day. Um, yeah. Mm. When I went through a period of time where I didn't sleep more than 20 minutes a day for eight weeks. Oh, my goodness. And I literally was losing my mind. Yeah. And um, I remember reading um, Gladys Aylward's story from the YWAM books. I don't know if you're familiar with those. No. 
we did read alouds a lot. Um, and so I read that to the kids. It was a missionary story. And I remember Gladys being um, one of those missionaries who she was caring for children, I think in China, if I recall the story. I've read many. So if I my yeah. details are messy. Uh, she said, Lord, I need to know what to do. Do I stay and fight? Yeah. Or do I take these kids and do I flee to the mountains? Hmm. And that night in prayer, she was like, Lord, I need clear, clear direction. And she opened the word and that verse that says, flee ye to the mountains, mm. literally jumped off the pages at her. <laughs> wow. And I was like, it was probably three in the morning when I was praying, God, you did it for Gladys. You are yeah. the same God now that you were then yeah. and have always been. I need clarity. And at that moment, when I opened my Bible, it was Jeremiah 31, 3 through 5, and it was all about restoring yes. Israel. Yeah. But to me, he was speaking to me in that time. I know it was all about Israel, but it sure. was about the restoration and that you will go out, you will play tambourines, you will dance, and you will, you know, be rebuilt. I mean, that's yeah. what it says in the Word. And I thought, oh, Lord, I can do this. I That's something I can hang on wow, to. Wow, that gave you that shot of hope. Yeah. That like right now is not where I want to be, right. but it's not going to it's not where I'm always going to be. Yes. And and yeah, he's going to And I felt like it was a this. promise from the yeah. Lord, like hang on, I've got you. You're going to be rebuilt mm. and restored and redeemed. And so hang what on. What a what a beautiful story of how God's word speaks to us in ways mm -hmm. that catch us off guard sometimes. Right. You know, that's <laughs> yeah. uh I I've talked with um a, a friend who I was just like, you know, how do you, how do you just really engage in reading scripture on a day-to-day -day basis? And what about those times when it just doesn't really feel like you're getting anything out yeah. of it? And, and the illustration I've heard and I like to use is, you know, I don't remember every meal that I've ever eaten, right. um, but I'm here today because I ate them. Right, exactly. <laughs> but there, every now and then there's a meal that I can talk about, this yes. Portuguese steakhouse in Providence, Rhode Island, <laughs> where I had the best steak I've ever had in yeah. my life. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and there are, those, there are those moments where you read something in God's word and it does have that profound impact mm -hmm. on you. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that was one of those moments. So you had a lot of time waiting <sighs> during that season. Um, yes. And, you know, Tom Petty saying waiting is the hardest mm -hmm. part. <laughs> and yes. that is true in relationships. It's true in life. And it's also true in faith. And so yeah. what, what was that time of waiting like for you? And what did it do to your faith? I would say, to be honest, that time was pretty excruciating at times mm -hmm. because the pain was real within my body, like mm -hmm. the the mental struggle, the physical struggle. Uh, my digestive system shut down, so mm. I couldn't really eat much of anything. Yeah. I quit weighing myself at 100 pounds. I was scared to death. Oh, I wow. didn't know what I was going to look like. Um, and so, you know, I dry heaved like for, I don't know, the first hour or two every morning. I, I was miserable. I felt like somebody had literally plugged me into the wall socket because mm. I shook and vibrated all the time. And really? so the waiting, I kept praying and asking God, just help me in the midst of this, thinking it would never end. But it did. And I remember he would give me little nuggets each day. I mean, I have copious amounts of journals. I still journal mm. today and I look back through those and I say, somebody would think I'm completely manic mm. if they would read my journals. And some days my, I shook so bad that my writing was literally like scribbles on a page. Really? But 
God was faithful in every moment. Like he just, I felt his presence, you know, and it wasn't just a physical battle, but there was a huge uh, spiritual battle because I, I lived in fear for 36 years of my life. Wow. And praise God, he has continually day after day in the last 10 years freed me from fear. And so there were stories, there are stories I could tell that would make the hair stand on the back of your mm-hmm. neck, you know, mm-hmm. and I, those are stories I don't share with very many people mm-hmm. because some people might look at me and think I'm crazy, but mm-hmm. it was a really interesting time. God met me in ways I didn't know possible. Yeah. And I think that's why pain is such a good classroom for our faith yeah. because we do learn another side of God that maybe we don't get to experience yeah. without it. Yeah. I had no idea. Like, had I not hit this place in my life, I'd still be going about my business the way I was, yeah. not knowing Jesus the way yeah. I know him today. Yeah, and, and I think that's that's one of the things that, that pain and suffering leads us to if we allow it is is a place of surrender, yeah. more, more fully surrendering to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so talk to us a little bit about that. How, what was that process of surrender like for you yeah. in those days? Um, I'd like to say it was once a week, (laughs) but it was minute by minute some days. God, I surrendered to your plan. This is not where I want to be. I hope and pray this is not my life Mm -hmm. for the rest of my life here on earth. Mm -hmm. And so surrendering and surrendering control, surrendering my children, surrendering, (laughs) you know, because as a mom, you know, as a dad, you worry about things and... It was just a constant surrender and asking God, show me the things that I need to surrender because I'm not even fully aware of what I'm holding on to. Oh, wow. And I think that was the biggest thing. Praise God for people in my life who came around. You know, during that time, um, one of our ministers here, Brad Pontius, Mm. know him well, but didn't know his daughter very well at the time. Mm. But in a lot of my prayer, the Lord put Claire's, name on my heart. And I Mm. thought, I don't know her really, but I know she is a prayer warrior. And so I reached out to Brad Brad, and I said, can I get her number? And he did. And uh, she came over and prayed with me. And I have this amazing group of three other, so her and two other women and myself that meet, we have met together every month faithfully for the last nine, 10 years, whatever. And so they have also been, you need people in your life like that because they also pray with you and God reveals sometimes to them like what you may not see. And so they sometimes were like, have you thought about this? Well, they didn't know some of my story Mm -hmm. and deep baggage. And Mm -hmm. so I'm like, oh, and so that would come up with new things to surrender that I wasn't familiar with. Yeah. And that's so a consistent theme that, that we've heard in, in these podcasts, this being the seventh week of them, mm-hmm. is is like the need for people in our life. Mm-hmm. And God, we talked about it, speaks to us through his word, mm-hmm. but oftentimes he speaks to us through his people as, as well. And yeah. so to surround yourself with people who aren't going to be like Job's friends and say, you know, well, just curse God and die. Right. (laughs) But are going to help you maybe see a different side of what you're going through. Mm -hmm. And and not that it justifies the pain and suffering that you're going through or is even the reason for why you're going through it at all. But it helps you see what you can learn 
yeah. as you go through, Absolutely. through those things. When I would say when you get those people in your life, you want them to be honest with you. You mm-hmm. don't want them to just tell you what you want to hear. Yeah. And there yeah. were times that they delivered some hard words to me that I didn't want to hear. And they still do. But you know mm-hmm. what? I know it's out of love. Yeah. They love me and they want to see me flourish. Yeah. And so, mm. yeah. Love you enough to tell you the truth. Yeah. yeah we so all need friends like the, that. Take the good with the life. bad and yeah. ask God to help you walk through it. So I know, I know people who have been through challenging seasons in their life before and, and they get to the other side mm-hmm. and they actually learned how to be grateful for them. And, and I say learned because yeah. I don't think that they're naturally grateful for them, but they've no. learned how to be grateful for them because Absolutely. of what the Lord did in them through that time. Mm-hmm. And so what would you say your feelings are towards that time now when you look back on it? And then along those lines, Tell us, how has your life and your faith been different because of that season? Well, I would say that I probably repeat that statement over and over to mm-hmm. tell people a lot. Like, I am so thankful for what God did in my life. Mm-hmm. I don't want to walk that ever again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I would not change any of it mm-hmm. because I'm so grateful for what he's done. Mm-hmm. He's shown me himself in a way I wouldn't have known. Mm-hmm. And he's made me a better person. Like... I'm free. I'm yeah. free in Christ. And I feel yeah. like I t- say all the time, I was a Christian following Christ before, but I walk in the freedom of Christ. Yeah. Like I don't oh, have this beautiful. baggage. I don't have this burden. Hmm. And so it's, it, there is a difference. Hmm. And, you know, I've been able to talk to my own kids as they've wrestled through hard things. Listen, I know it's hard right now, Yeah. but you're going to be okay. And you're going to look back on this someday. Yeah. You know, I had a physician of mine who is also a dear friend. And I remember seeing him years ago. And when I was in his office, he said, in five years, you're going to look back on this and be like, wow. And, you know, I did. It was Mm. five years. I probably was like, wow, I can't believe I ever made it through that. Mm. Yeah. You know, I love that you said that because I, when you, when I think about you, I think, I mean, freedom would be a word that comes to mind. You live Mm. your life in the freedom of the Lord and and it is beautiful just in how you walk in that freedom and and in that faith and how you're taking that experience and helping others and and theirs, including your, your own kids, uh, which is I'm sure incredibly redeeming as, as, as well. So the, the role of faith in our mental health is something that I know that you're very passionate about. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as I, so many other things I'd love to explore about that season and how walking through that allowed you to deal with some of your trauma to get to yeah. that place of, of freedom. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, uh, you, you went through a little bit of a transformation, mm-hmm. even yeah. not just in your spiritual health, but in your mental health, um, too. And so I know that this is something that you're passionate about. What, what correlation do you see between mental or, or emotional health and, mm-hmm. and spiritual yeah. health? Well, I would say we're, we're, many things. We aren't just physical. We aren't just spiritual. We aren't just emotional or mental. We're all the things God made us with all those connected. Yeah. And so I think when one is not healthy, the whole body's not healthy. Yeah. And, you know, I saw that I thought, man, I was really healthy to be honest, physically Mm -hmm. for a long time. Like, you know, I was an athlete. I was very healthy, but mentally I was not healthy and Mm -hmm. living my life in a state of unhealth mentally was really challenging, which eventually caused the collapse of my physical body. And so 
you can't have one without the other. Yeah. I've and heard so. it said before, I mean, it's kind of like tanks. You know, we have mm-hmm. tanks and each of those tanks has a gauge. And if yeah. one of the, the gauges is running on empty, yeah. it's going to start borrowing from the other ones. Absolutely. And so physically, if we're running on empty, it's going to start borrowing from us mentally and emotionally oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, mm-hmm. and vice versa. Absolutely. Um, so... What are some of the ways that your faith has led you to help others fight their own mental health battle? Uh, I would say one of the things that I felt God called me to a while ago, first off, I went back to school, you know, and got all these certificates to help people. But my most recent was mental health coaching because I felt like the more I coached people with health, you can't, that, that is a piece of it. Yeah. And so I was like, I probably need to know more about this. Plus my own kids have dealt with mental health issues as well as myself and so then I started mentoring college students. Mm. Um, I have two college students myself, but then mentoring some through college Bible study. Yeah. And, you know, that has been so rewarding in so many ways. Um, and I didn't really realize the impact that I was making until just this, like the end of spring semester before mm. my girls went home. And, you know, a couple of them said, we're so thankful for you because you listen to us. Mm. You cry with us. Mm. You don't judge us. You just get in the nitty gritty with us Mm. and just really love us where we're at. Mm. And I was like, Oh, what? (laughs) Okay. I thank you. Like, it was just good to hear that because you honestly, unless somebody says something, you don't know if you're doing anything good or right. When you're, when you're just walking through life with people, oftentimes you look back and you're like, what, difference is this making at all but yet we can think of people that just walked through life with us and the huge difference that it made yeah so i think it was good to hear that i think god gave me that glimpse to know Mm -hmm. erica you are making a difference so don't stop and so i was like oh okay like thank you yeah so you're putting yourself out there you are you you you've taken some classes you've Mm -hmm. educated yourself on these things you you, you, you're well-rounded not just in nutrition but also in the mental health side of it and then you're looking for opportunities and ways to to serve yeah and you know i just love it i'm passionate about it because it's so rewarding to see others my i guess my passion is that others can find that freedom in Christ mm-hmm. and that peace that passes all understanding. Yeah. Because I didn't know what peace mm. was like. I yes. honestly had never experienced the true peace, the true peace of Christ yeah. until these last 10 years. And once you experience that peace and that freedom, one, you can't mm-hmm. ever imagine going back. Yeah, no. Being, being underneath the yoke of burden of mm-hmm. slavery to sin yeah. or anything yeah. again. Been then too, you want everyone that you know and love to experience that same yeah. peace and freedom in their yeah. life as well. I think I really noticed a lot of things about what God was doing in me early on when I had people say, Erica, something's different. You're just so mm. peaceful. And I'm like, oh, wow. Because clearly I was never peaceful before. Like I was <laughs> like a crazy person in the rat race, right? And before yeah. I crashed, I had told Jeff, if I don't get off this rat wheel, mm-hmm you may have to put me in a crazy house because mm. I literally think I'm going to lose it. Wow. And uh, yeah, so. Hmm. So what would you say to that person who feels like they're running that rat race right now, uh, <laughs> who is maybe struggling mentally, emotionally, even yeah. physically? What, yeah. what would you say to them to give them that shot of, of hope? I would say, first off, you've got to make margin in your life. You mm. have got to figure out somewhere to make margin. I remember... I didn't know how to do that. Mm -hmm. And so I wish I would have had somebody who helped me with that. Yeah. 
to see what I couldn't see. Yeah. And um, in the moments, I remember doing a, a Bible study uh, with some friends. I don't remember even what it was, but the, the line I remember was, you will either bow your knee to the Lord or he will break your knees. Mm. And I was like, mm. oh, I don't, Ooh, no, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that. I, mm-hmm. I want to bow. I want to mm-hmm. bow to the Lord. And I felt like, like I said, I don't feel like God broke my knees yeah. necessarily. He allowed me to walk through a place, yeah. you know, um, to be in a better place. But I think the only way to move forward and out of the rat race is to find some margin and time you have to figure out like where do i create space because mm-hmm. if you can't be still you won't hear from the lord on strategy mm-hmm. to move forward mm-hmm. and i think that's a big thing you know i would pray that's, that's a big thing that i still pray for god give me strategy yeah to know how to walk forward to know how to create margin what do i say yes to what do i say no to yeah cuz i was a yes ma'am yeah. i said yes yeah, to oftentimes everything sometimes what we say no to is just as important yeah as what we say yes to Wow. No, that's, uh, that's really good. Cause unless we have that margin, we're just going to continue to do what we've always done. Yeah. And we're just going to continue to get the results that we've always gotten. Yeah. It's <laughs> like so I tell my kids, time. you know, don't keep doing the same thing, expecting different results because yeah. it won't work. It's not going to work. And I was mm. doing that. I was kept mm-hmm. doing the same thing, expecting different results and it mm-hmm. wasn't working. So yeah, I had to do something different, but I was forced mm. to do something yeah. different. Which is probably now why you look back on that as a gift to yeah. to give you that space and time to be able to mm-hmm. figure some things out. I just hope other, I don't want other people yeah. to be forced. <laughs> yeah, find, learn find from her the experience. margin before you're forced into the margin. <laughs> I guess would be my and and Erica, you know, you serve in many different ways. One of those is on a prayer team, yeah. and so oftentimes on a Sunday morning, uh, you will be a part of that team that's up front yeah. wearing one of those orange lanyards. Yeah. And so I imagine if you are listening to this right now going, oh, I just want to talk to Erica. Mm-hmm. I want to learn some more from her. Uh, I know, know that she would love yes. to meet with you uh, yeah. anytime. Yeah, anytime we're normally at the 11 her. o'clock service. And I have just always said, God, use me. Mm. If my story, if my story can further someone else, someone else's journey, yeah. uh, just use me. I yeah. say, yes, Lord, send me. <laughs> Amen. Well, Erica, thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you, listener, for tuning in. If you found this episode to be helpful, uh, be sure to share it with a friend and hit that follow button so that you can hear some more great stories that we have coming up uh, this summer. I hope that uh, what Erica shared with you today was helpful, and it will encourage you to go out and put your own faith into action so that you can be uh, a spiritual influencer in the lives of others.